Welcome. This is Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. We want to thank you for taking time to listen to our Sun, Salt, and Light broadcast. We want you to know and grow in the Son, S-O-N, Jesus Christ, and be the salt and the light. We'd like to thank you so much for taking time to listen to this broadcast. We simply teach the Bible verse by verse and chapter by chapter, and we believe that God changes a life one verse at a time. I'd like to personally invite you out to come and see the church. Uh, it is a very casual atmosphere, and uh, but we do take the Word of God very seriously. We meet in a non-traditional church building. We actually meet at the BFW 3966 in Divine, Texas. It's located at 211 West College Avenue, big white building right next to the post office. Our service times are on Sunday when we go through the New Testament uh, at 10 a.m. and then on Wednesday nights at 6.30 p.m. we go through the Old Testament. Uh, we have children's ministry available for both services and if you need to get more information on the church you can go to calvarydivine.org. Today we'll be in the book of Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 through 20. The title of this sermon is that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Here's the second half and conclusion of this two-part study. He's family. You know, when we, go, when we go through something, we go through it together. That's what a church is. It tells you in Ephesians 6.14, it says, Having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Again, the breastplate of righteousness is a follower of Christ. He sees his son Jesus again in 2 Corinthians 5.12. For the sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become righteousness of God. The salvation, the breastplate of righteousness the repent, repentant sinner. God is the one who protects our heart from the schemes of the devil. In our own righteousness, you won't survive the attacks of the devil. The blessed prayer of righteousness has the, the, the stamp that you're his. When you put that on, you, you belong to Jesus. The devil knows that. <laughs> Wait a minute. That's, that's one of the children of God. We're supposed to have that put on. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 29, it says, If you knew that He is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of Him. What are we supposed to do? To pursue righteousness? To practice righteousness? 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22. So flee youthful passion and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who, who call on the Lord from a pure heart. So he tells you those youthful passions put aside and pursue righteousness. That's, that's a tough one because I, I remember as a kid, I had a lot of youthful passions, but none of them were righteous. We didn't know the Lord at the time. I read that, I was like, man, I, every time I read that, I'm like, man, I was pursuing stuff that was just trash and doing things I shouldn't be doing. And even though I'm not youthful anymore, I know that. I, I had that figured out when I went to the high school and they looked at Matt and thought Matt was old. And I was like, oh, they must, they must think I'm like two steps from death. And all at this point, even the teachers thought I was old. I was like, man, there's no more youthful passion in me. But we, we pursue righteousness, righteousness with faith, love, and peace. With a pure heart. As we put on that breastplate of righteousness, we're, we're putting into practice what we believe in our hearts. Do you actually, are you actually a follower of Christ? Do you actually going to live this thing out from here? Because that's where Christ resides, in the heart. When we allow things here, 
to get to here, that's where the problems begin. Because you've allowed that temptation to roll around your head. And you go, well, I'm going to go ahead and do it. Once it does that, it's on into the heart and the heart begins to harden. We need to practice righteousness with a pure heart. Verse 15, it says, And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Now the Romans used to have cleats. And that was a big deal. Because most of the armies didn't have them. So when they went to stand firm, they could, they could lock in their feet into the ground. Anybody who's played football or done baseball, when you, when you plant your foot with cleats on, you can make some cuts. You kind of do the Madden joystick thing. Like you, you juking people and getting them out of the way. They don't even know which way you're going. But you, that's because you can plant your foot. But he's saying having put on the readiness by the gospel of peace. That's for your shoe, your shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In John 14, 27, it says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. The gospel of peace, the message that, that Jesus gave to us to trust in Him. In Romans 10, 15, and, and how are we to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. We go out and we preach the good news. We, uh, it's, it's a beautiful thing. In John 10, 29, it says, My Father who has given to them uh, to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of, my, out of, my, out of the Father's hand. Again, you're seeing a, a, a soldier that's, that is prepared for battle, that has the shoes, the spikes, the nails, the cleats, ready to go. But when, he, when we are ready for the gospel of peace, understand that conflict is coming. We have to be very careful of that. Um, as Christians, I think one of the biggest things that we see, I don't have any problem with you standing up for, for the gospel of Jesus Christ with love and truth. But if, if you're doing it in a way where there's no love and it's just you just beating somebody over the head with the Bible, that's not going to work. It doesn't work. But we need to be ready for when we're at the gospel of peace that, that, that Satan's going to come. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, it says, Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. We're to be mobile. We're to be ready regardless of what season it is. We're to be flexible. That means if you run into somebody, you should be able to share the gospel. You shouldn't have to go, hey, Mike, let me get Mike on the phone. Stay right here. No. You need to be able to, with your beautiful feet, share the gospel of Jesus Christ. You should be able to do that. And I think probably at some point, we're, maybe next summer, we'll spend probably one or two Wednesdays where everybody gets a chance to share their testimony. Because that's how you get to know everybody. It's important that we do. <clears throat> it's important that you be able to share it. How Jesus saved. A wretch like me, right? Isaiah 52, verse 7 says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who bring good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. What a beautiful verse that is. Isaiah 52, 7. 
As Christians, we should actually be Christians that publish peace to people and not create conflict. To be able to publish salvation and happiness with good news. To let people know that God reigns. No matter what we're going through, God reigns. That means we get attacked on... I got attacked on Facebook today. I was told I was the Christian Taliban. And it was a Christian site that I had. And so I don't know why, but there are people from that are trying to get you to fight. And I was like, man, God bless you. <laughs> have, a, have a good day. I mean, I fought in Iraq. That's, it's insulting. You, I, I believe you have a, the freedom to choose not to follow or follow. We all have free will. I believe you have the choice to be in church or not be in church. I believe you have the choice to move from my text and go away just as I can move from yours. And we should have the freedom to be able to do that. I don't believe in, in forcing anyone to do anything. I mean, I, I, God doesn't want that. If God wanted that, when we talk about that next week, when we get into why did God allow Adam and Eve to fall, they have free will. He didn't want to create a bunch of robots, a bunch of yes people. He gave you free will. You have a choice to say yes to Christ or not. And if you tell me no, I'll tell you, God bless you. And I'll walk away. I'm not going to argue with you, fight with you. I would rather be peaceful. What did Jimmy say this past weekend? He had that guy. He was upset, had a bad day, sitting on the park bench at, waiting for the bus. And the guy said, God bless you. And he was ready to get up and fight the guy. But he remembers it. He was 15 years old. And he remembers it. And he remembers that man. It's, we need to be, we need to be uh, in a place to where we're not creating chaos. That's not what Christians are called to do. We're supposed to be in peace and love and mercy and grace. And we share the truth. We got too much of that not happening today. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16, it says, In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all flaming darts of the evil one. Now, if you notice the transition, he told you to put on the other stuff, right? Now he's telling you to what? To take up, to pick up the shield of faith, the flaming darts. I don't know, before Christ, I saw a movie called 300. Shouldn't have seen it. But the one thing I remember is when those darts came and they had all those shields, it blocked them. And that's the image that I had from it. Now, don't go watch the movie. Please don't. That was before Christ. But that image was, when I read this, I was like, man, I just remember all, like you, the sun went black from all the darts. And you put the shield up. And it protected you. It's the piece of the armor. It's, you know, the faith is, is in true action. It's, it's tethered to the truth. And, and it's easy to believe something when you, when you see it. But at the end of the day, it's like the enemy is constantly throwing those darts at you every day. They're just coming consistently. When Peter was fishing, Peter knew the fish, that, that he wasn't catching anything, but Jesus told him what? Cast to the other side, right? And Luke 5, verses 1-11 through 11 said, On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him uh, to hear the words of God, he was standing by the lake of Gerasim, and he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them, and, and when they were washing their nets, getting into their boats, uh, which was Simon's, he said, asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people of the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out 
into the deep and let down your nets for, for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. Now this is, this is an experienced fisherman telling you, man, look, we tried to catch. We didn't catch anything. It's a bad night. And anybody who's been fishing, when you don't catch anything at all, you don't get any bites, it's a bad night. Right? But he says, but at your word I will let down your nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. And they signaled to their partner in the, in the other boat to come and help them. And they uh, came and filled the, uh, both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at the knees of Jesus saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish and they had taken. And also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching men. And they had brought their boats to land and they left everything and followed him. Peter, you know, is, is actually just understanding in his finite mind. He's saying, we can't catch anything. And Jesus being all-knowing is saying, hey, look, just put the nets out. Put the nets out. It doesn't matter how smart you are or how much college that you have. You know, when, when we look at the, the, the shield of faith and the, and the darts that will come, they come on every, they, 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 everybody gets hit by them. But we need to know enough of the truth to have faith in it. Do you have enough of the truth to say, you know what, I'm going to take up that shield because I'm getting hit right now. And whatever comes, Jesus got it. He's going to take care of it. I don't need a master's degree to know that. This is very simplistic. Just pick the shield up. In Hebrews 11, verses 1 through 3, it says, Now faith is as the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what it was seen was not made out of things that are visible. These things are happening in the invisible world. But they happen visibly because you go through the attacks. We all go through them. So those fiery darts that come, just like they did with Peter, as he questioned, man, we've been catching all night. We've been fishing all night. We haven't caught anything. But he had enough faith to say, you know what, by your word I'll do it. It's those thoughts, those feelings, the imaginations, the fears, the lies. All those things that Satan throws, those fiery darts. And you know what faith does? Picks up the shield and stomps them. So when those temptations come, when, those, when, that, when that trial comes and that, that suffering comes and the depression comes, pick up the shield. Where's your faith? It's in Christ. Verse 17, it says, And take up the helmet of salvation. The assurance of salvation. Don't be afraid because those things, that's why I've told you all before, is like, it doesn't matter what happens to me here. I will live on. I know that. I have eternity with, with Christ. I have eternity with Christ. It's like we have to be able to understand that this body is, is going to come to an end. But I love this verse because it's telling you to put on the helmet of salvation. Satan's going to come to attack. God's salvation is an eternal state. You're His child. That doesn't change. You mess up, get up and repent. He loves you. And His hand will be right there to pick you up. 
In Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, it says, And do not fear those who can kill the body, but, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. See, we must learn that the helmet is buckled tightly and, and the fiery missiles are coming, and yet the helmet of salvation, we can destroy arguments and lofty opinions. Every one of them. With the helmet, we actually renew our minds for the battlefield. That's why it tells us in Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, to renew our minds. That means we wipe away all the world's view and all the world's opinion, and we wash it consistently every day to wash out the filth of the world from our minds. That's what the helmet of salvation does. It works out all the filth and the lies and the confusion and all the misinformation and all the stuff that's out there where you're going, man, maybe God's not real. Because that happens. You get tested, you get knocked down, and you're like, eh, I don't know. It's that helmet of salvation. When you renew your mind, you reject doubts and, and circumstances. See, we, we, I, I've said this before, and I, and I mean this. It's like our, 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 our decisions should never be made on emotions and feelings. It should be made based upon what does God's Word say? And what is the Holy Spirit telling you to do? That's... that's that's what we should do. Like, what am I supposed to be doing? Let me ask God. Let me, let me pray. Let me, let me. And man, it'll be something. You'll be in the car. It'll be a song. It'll be somebody on the radio teaching. And it'll be, boom, something you needed to hear. And get you in the direction you need to go. And you're going, man, that's the Lord. We've got to keep an eternal perspective. Man, life will crash around you and crumble. But if you keep your eyes on, the, on eternity... This is not the end. I don't belong here. <laughs> this ain't my home. That, that was what went through my head during COVID. Doesn't matter. This is not my home. Election don't go your way. Ain't my home. But people are like losing their minds. It's not my home. This is not where Mike's life stops. My body, well, my, I'm gone. My soul will be with Jesus. If you start taking that perspective, let me, let, me, let me give it to you this way. If it doesn't have eternal significance, it's not important. If it doesn't have eternal significance, it's not important. When you give your heart to Christ, the things you do now impact eternity. The moment that you give your life to Jesus, you're His. You're His. And everything you do from that moment on that God has prepared you for good works. You're not saved by works, but you're been, God's like, I love you so much, I've already prepared all this stuff for you to do for, for, to glorify me. I'm going to send you out. And all those things that He has prepared for you have eternal what? Consequences and significance. And yet we're focused on the world. You know what? It's... it's you know, that's one of the things about, you know, in Charleston where I grew up, it's, it's a very have or have not society. You either have or you don't. Went a whole lot of middle class. And a lot of people, especially where, I, where I, my grandparents were out in the Isle of Palms and Sullivan's Islands, their, their whole perspective was, I need to get everything I can get now. There was no eternal perspective or significance to anything they did, but they checked the box and showed up at church. They were lifelong members of churches, but they lived, they were drunks, 
They were at the bars. I mean, anybody who grew up at the beach, that's all there is. They, you either go, sur you go, well, you know, surfing. The waves aren't big enough. Hawaii's got that, but not Charleston. Charleston's got dirty brown water. It's the Atlantic. And you either go out to the beach and drink, or you go to the bar and drink, or you play volleyball and drink. Everything involves alcohol. And it's about status and money. And if you look at it, look at your, your, your Instagram, your TikTok. It's all about influencers and what they're, what they're trying to put out there. And there's no eternal significance to any of it. To not a, there, it has no eternal significance. But yet it influences everything they do. And that's not how you're supposed to be. God said that's not your purpose. You focus on me. You need the one thing you need to remember is that when you... When you get knocked down to your knees, Jesus completed everything that needed to be completed on the cross. There's already victory. And He's right there with you. And that means even when we go through our, our biggest failures, our biggest defeats, everybody in this room will experience death. Everybody in this room will have somebody that they know that, that will have illness. That's what sin did. That's sin. But Jesus took all that on the cross. There's already victory. And sometimes we need to remind that because I see Christians so many times with their heads down. It's like, no, bro, bro we won the war already. It's over. These are just little skirmishes that are going on. Now, I say that from, from a perspective of getting knocked down quite a bit. But again, I learned from my brothers early on to get back up and keep fighting. There's too much at risk. There's too much at risk. I got kids that I'm still raising, grown kids that I'm still raising. They, you don't stop being a parent. My dad was here. He didn't stop being a parent to me when he was here. He was giving me wisdom and direction, which I needed, which I needed. And we find all our hope in him. In Psalm 73, verse 25, it says, Whom have I in heaven but you? There's nothing that I desire really here on the earth. Is there something that is so important that's an earthly desire that I have to have. And that's what the devil uses to lure us away. We have to be careful. We've got to pick it up now. Verse 17. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Let me tell you something. You go to pick up that sword, you better have spent time in that Word. The Holy Spirit will bring things to remembrance, but if you ain't got anything in the bank, you're at a negative because you haven't been in God's Word. You need to be in God's Word daily. Simply, just, just give God at least 10 to 15 minutes a day being in His Word. Pick a book, start a book. As you go through it, listen to it if you need to, because some people, it's hard for them to read, and I get that. It's hard to concentrate. I get that. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a visual and audio learner. I understand it, but you need to be in God's Word. John chapter 1, verse 1 through 4 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not, uh, not anything made that was made. And in him was life, and life was the light of man. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness have, has not overcome it. So we have the scripture. Not only did the, the Spirit give us the scripture, but also he makes them alive and equips us to handle the sword. So we have Jesus being the word of God. And you think about it, you cannot just pick up a sword and think you know how to use it they're heavy you may go to pick it up and fall backwards 
You may go try to stab somebody and it goes right out of your hand because it's so heavy. You have to practice. And by practicing, you need to be in His Word. You need to be, the, the be, in, in, to be ready for combat is to understand what Jesus does to Satan. He, does, he gives him the Word of God every time. Every time. And it's so important that we do that. Ephesians 6.18 says, Praying at all times in the Spirit. And this is very important. I want you to make sure you catch this. With all prayer and supplication to that end, uh, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. That's four times. All of us. What are we supposed to be doing? Praying at all times in the Spirit. With all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance. We're supposed to be alert. To be alert. With supplication for all the saints. And it says, And also for me that words may be given to me and, and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the, the mystery of the gospel from which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Here you have Paul saying, Look, I'm in chains. I'm, I'm, I'm fixing to be killed. But he's saying, hey, Lord, give me more opportunities to do what? To boldly proclaim the mystery of the gospel. With all perseverance in prayer. We need to be a church of prayer. We need to be a people of prayer. In Psalm 27, 8, it says, When you said, Seek my face, my heart said to you, Your face, Lord, I will seek. And I love what David Guzik gave as, as he talks about the, the spiritual warfare. This is David Guzik that, that wrote this, and I love this, because he talks about standing, uh, standing to maintain by faith the, uh, and spiritual warfare that God gives us a glorious standing. We stand in grace in Romans chapter 5, verse 2. We stand in the gospel in 1 Corinthians 15, 1. We stand in courage and strength in 1 Corinthians 16, 13. We stand in faith in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 24. We stand in Christian liberty in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. And we stand in Christian unity in Philippians chapter 1, verse 27. We stand in the Lord in Philippians chapter 4, verse 1. And we should stand perfect and complete in the will of God in Colossians chapter 4, verse 12. So that's the question tonight is, have you neglected putting on the armor of God? It's okay. Right? Have you neglected putting on the armor of God? It's important for us to remember that it, it is something that God has provided for us. Um, and, and the things that you do now, the only thing that's significant that you do is the things that impact eternity. God has a plan for you and a purpose for you. Right now, you may not see it, and it's okay. Because if He gave you the whole plan, you would freak out. He would. Like I've, I've heard from some that they would love to travel. Who's to say that they wouldn't be missionaries one day? But if He told you that, you'd be like, oh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I just want to go look around. You get to do that too. But you don't know His whole plan. Who knows? Who knows what God has planned for you? But I can tell you one of his plans is for you to pick up the armor of God. Stop neglecting it. Stop neglecting it. Pick it up. Put it on. Daily. Daily. Don't go, oh my Lord, things are rough. Where's the armor at? 
Like you don't even know where it's at. Your helmet's over here, your sword's over there. Like everything is everywhere. And you're just like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Be in the Word of God. Be in the Word of God. Because when you get hit by the schemes of the devil and the evil day comes knocking at your door, you need to have the Word of God stored here. Or else you're not going to survive. You're going to go through a very rough ride. And I don't want to see anybody go through that. So that's why it's important when we tell y'all prayer and fellowship and being in God's Word and how important it is to be together as a church. Even if it's in a crusty old room like this, we're still together as a church. We still heard the Word of God as a church. The kids were fed the Word of God tonight, and I pray that it helps you get through until Sunday. I would like to thank you for taking time to listen to our broadcast. This is uh, Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel Divine, Texas. If you're someone like me who is uh, listens to a lot of podcasts, you can also listen to us on Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Audible, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, just type in Calvary Chapel uh, Divine and you'll, you'll be able to track us down. And lastly, I just wanted to invite you out to church. Uh, we are a casual church that meets in a non-traditional building, uh, meaning that we meet at the VFW 3966 on West College Avenue, big white building right next to the the post office. Uh, If you want to get more information about our church, if you need to ask uh, some questions or you even need prayer, just go to calvarydivine.org. And uh, we want to thank you again just for listening to this broadcast of Calvary Chapel Divine Texas, Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. God bless you. Have a good one.